It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the legendary studios of WIBX in Utica, New York. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not off the air today. Don Lemon getting sidelined by CNN. But the network says it has nothing to do with the sexist comments he made about Nikki Haley. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. It is unclear if he is out of a job, but Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg should be out of a job after his idiotic comments about the train wreck in East Palestine, Ohio, saying thousands of train wrecks happen every year. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. We're going to get into it with Dr. Nicole Sapphire, and there's rumors, hot rumors, of an appearance from Jenny Fela and Lincoln Fela later in the show as well. But we begin with some you and me time here at 888-788-9910. The rules do not change when the show is on the road. Still the same. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Just don't be a <laughs> happy Friday, everybody. Uh, we're up here in Utica. I have five sold-out shows at the Fat Cats Comedy Club, which is, of course, a really big deal to me. Uh, and I have to dish out a few quick shout-outs before we get going. My man Frank, who runs Tony's Pizza, He's just good for morale. He's just one of the coolest people you've ever met. Uh, runs a fine establishment. The food is world class. But Davey, I have to give a shout-out to Davey Smith here at IBX. He gave me a breakfast recommendation this morning. Uh, it's the local top-of-the-morning cafe. It was phenomenal, like world class. If you live in the Utica area, I'm sure you're super familiar with it. But I had to highlight it anyway because it's nice to have Davey recommending something besides a strip club. I mean, Davey, my goodness. There's a slob. There's a real slob. But I love him, and I love Utica. And I will begin uh, with a recommendation, not just for Utica, but for the whole entire country. Uh, we got to fire Pete Booty Judge. I agree with that. Just fire him. Get him out there immediately. Just can him, okay? I've been, you know, I do a pretty loose show. Everybody always says it sounds like I get paid in Tide Pods and cheap tequila, partly because it's true, mostly because I need a better agent. Okay, and I, it's a very mellow show. It's not like a jump to conclusions, performative, emotional, you know, act angry over anything that happens and get you worked up show. But what they're doing right now in East Palestine, okay, is number one, it's, it's embarrassing to see America treat its own this way, knowing we're sending like literally billions of dollars to Ukraine. Like what do they have to do in East Palestine? Do they need to open up a Ukrainian drag strip show for children? Like, is that what would get the money? I mean, what's going on? I mean, what the hell did you just say? I mean, just look at the priorities, excuse me, of this administration and listen to the priorities of Pete Booty Judge, which, again, he spoke to this yesterday. OK, we're, you know, only two weeks into the disaster. Ten days in, what did we get? We got a tweet from Pete Booty Judge. And what did he say? Well, you know, I, I continue to be concerned about the situation. And he's shut your face. Continue to be concerned would imply that you were initially concerned. Okay, did he acknowledge this situation as your transportation secretary at any point in the first 11 days? The answer would be no. Okay, you know, don't you hate guys when you're so concerned about something? I mean, so you're consumed by it that you go 11 days without even acknowledging its existence. I mean, I know that's how I get when I'm really concerned, when I'm really worked up about something. What I like to do is let a fortnight go by. 
before I actually acknowledge its presence in the world. But the reality here is Pete Buttigieg was doing what? When sending that tweet, he was concerning himself with the political fallout from his inaction on the situation. He was trying to put some distance between himself and the criticism by saying, well, I continue to be concerned. I'm watching it. I'm monitoring the situation. And then he went on to say what? Well, you know, we are constrained because there were some rules put in place by the Trump administration. Now, again, what is that but another exercise in distancing himself from his own accountability? Get him out of here. Get him out. So, oh, Trump, well, you know, the Trump rule. Hey, ho, ho. If the Trump rule is so bad, if it's so egregious, if it's so dangerous, they've been in power for two years. They would have repealed the rule if they thought it was that big of a problem. But that's the point. We have people leading us right now, one who are completely unqualified because they were only appointed because of the boxes they checked. In his case, he can't get fired. Because he's a gay transportation secretary. That was the hook. It wasn't his background in running transportation. His background is Pothole Pete. His nickname is Pothole Pete. You don't put a guy named Pothole Pete in charge of the roads because you expect him to do a good job. Okay, again, we wouldn't get an education secretary named Summer School Sal. I mean, we might in this administration if Summer School Sal used to be Summer School Stacy and he transitioned. But the point is, if we're looking for proficiency, we can't find it anywhere in this cabinet. We have people who were appointed just because, and it's failing us as a country. That being said, they can't fire him because he's still doing what they hired him to be, which is a gay man. Okay, bottom line. Okay, that's why he has the gig. Well, we've never had a gay transportation secretary. Great. You know, we've never had a president who's an overweight ex-cab driver who went to community college and plays video games in his 40s. That doesn't mean you should elect me. Okay, but that's the reality of the moment we're living in, is we have people in over their heads that are only concerned with the political fallout of their actions, which is why Pete Booty Judge says the following. This clip is unbelievable. Now understand, if you live in East Palestine, Ohio, okay, your drinking water is contaminated. I don't live, oh, the EPA says it's fine. Shut up. You know what the EPA said after September 11th? When the pit was still smoldering for two months, they literally said, no, we tested it. It's fine. Everybody go back to work. It's fine. Just go right back to work. Everything's fine. That's just how white folks will do you. That's how they did us. Okay. And all my friends and dozens and dozens of cops and first responders that I know start, oh, wow, look at that. Eight years later, I got toe cancer. What's this condition I've got here? Everybody's sick. Everybody's having all kinds of issues because there's an internal calculation made by these corporations, okay, by the people at the tippy top of the government. That, yeah, it's not safe. But you know what? The show must go on. we got to run this train. So let's get business up and running. Let's send everybody back into their houses, throw a couple of bucks in the bank, and 10 years from now when they all start getting sick, we will have made interest on the money we're ultimately going to wind up paying them in the form of settlements. That's what goes on. People don't matter. Okay, politics, profits, they always matter more than people. And when I see it happen and I see it brazen, it pisses me off. Reason being is I've always known politicians were full of it. That's always been the running joke. I'm a Republican, my buddy's a Democrat, but deep down we know these people are all in it for themselves. Fine. We always told that joke growing up. But always, there was always a moment growing up where they at least pretended they were in it for us. When you hear Pete Buttigieg say this clip I'm about to give you, okay, which is, yeah, no, we know this is getting a lot of attention. But to be clear, there's a, thousands of these happening every year. We've got thousands of these going on all over the place. I mean, dude. What is he trying to do? He's trying to rationalize this away. Well, let's not act like it's the only one. But that doesn't make you sound better at your job. That's something that makes you sound worse at your job. Bingo. Here he is, clip 10. 
Uh, look, rail safety is something that uh, uh, that has evolved a lot over the years, but there's clearly more that needs to be done because uh, while this uh, horrible situation ha has gotten a particularly high amount of attention, there are roughly 1,000 cases a year of a train derailing. I mean, dude. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Look, this situation's got a lot of attention. Look, I know your drinking water's contaminated. I know you're now walking a three-eyed dog and all your chickens drop dead on sight. But this does happen to other people, you know. I mean, real, seriously. <laughs> Look, Mrs. Lincoln, I know your husband got shot in the head at the play, but lest I remind you, other people have had bad experiences at plays. You know, we had that off night with the popcorn maker. I mean, what is this guy saying? But, hey, a little perspective here, guys. I know it's bad, but there's other bads going on. Don't get so hopped up about this one. I mean, that's what he's telling you. Now, imagine you are raising kids in a town, and you don't think the water's safe. You know the air's not safe because your nose is burning. Your skin is on fire. Okay? You've seen chickens and fish die. Folks. I, listen, I'm not a scientist, not a biophysicist. I don't know anything about fish. I don't even know the band fish. Nothing. I wasn't even good at the card game Go Fish. I was a crazy eights guy. But understand this, okay? If the fish are just dying instantaneously, we're just dead fish. That's what's going on. There's something wrong with the air. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Certainly something wrong with the water as well. Okay, this isn't normal. The chickens are just dying. Okay, understand, this is not normal. People know better. But here's a little more Pete Buttigieg. He was asked, hey, why'd you wait so long? Why'd you wait so long? Clip 11. Well, let me be clear. Uh, USDOT was on the ground within Ooh. hours. Uh, we had uh, uh, Federal Rail Administration and then Pipeline Hazardous Material uh, Safety Administration folks uh, in contact, being helpful to NTSB. And that was my primary concern in the first hours of this, in the days that followed uh, spoke with everybody from rail uh, labor and management to uh, folks involved on the ground. Uh, so we were involved in this from the very beginning. Uh, did not make as many public communications respecting the role of uh, local law enforcement, mm. NTSB, and environmental folks who had the lead on that. Uh, and uh, at the same time have been concerned about this throughout. And we'll continue uh, watching and working this issue, especially based on what we learned from NTSB. I mean, come on, man. Seriously. Really think about what he just said. Well, you know, I wasn't communicating right away because I didn't want to overshadow the other bureaus. You're the transportation secretary. You're the guy in charge. I mean, really think about that. I didn't want didn't to overshadow those guys. That's why I was lying low. He's lying his face off. He's the guy in charge. Okay, really, I mean, seriously, think about that. It's a dereliction of duty on his part. They didn't care. The environmental people, shut your face about the environmental people. The environmental people want you to ban your gas stove. But when three tons of toxic chemicals are burning in the sky, the number you have reached is not in service. That's what they're giving you. And you understand there's a reason the people in East Palestine don't feel safe. They have been lied to, and they have seen Americans lied to by this government before, whether we're talking about 9-11 Let's not forget the lie President Obama told in Flint, Michigan. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Here's a good flashback montage. Remember when Obama pretended he was caught pretending to drink a glass of water in Flint, Michigan? You know, we had the big hullabaloo, the drinking water's not clean in Flint, Michigan. So Obama went out there, and no, not on my watch, drinking water's fine. 
I gave him a glass of water. He, oh, I need a glass of water. It's a stunt. I'm going to play the clip. Held it up to his lips and did not drink it. Okay, we went to the instant replay. America saw it. Did he drink the water? <laughs> no, he did not. And you'll hear some reactions to this as well. It's clip 12. Get a bottle. Bottle water. I want a glass of water. Everybody settle down. This is a feisty crowd. Thank you. I really did need a glass of water. This is not a stunt. What? He he wet his lips. He did not drink it. He didn't sip it. He wet his lips. There was an audible gasp in the audience. People were just like absolutely dejected. Why would you do that? I mean, think about that. That's Barack Obama. And those are the people of Flint, Michigan, going, Barack Obama, our guy, the patron saint of humanity, faked us into drinking water that he knew was poisoned. Okay, the, the water from Michigan, just so you understand, is poisoned right now. They don't have clean drinking water right now. So if you're sitting in East Palestine, Ohio, and you're a little skeptical of what the EPA is telling you, it's because you're not a moron. Okay, and the fact that the transportation secretary is now just being cajoled into acknowledging it. It's the whole problem with this administration. What did Biden do yesterday? He gave an update on the fact that he's shooting down teen hobbyist balloons. <laughs> it's, it's great. The bad news is the school science fair is over. The good news is the government, the president's going to give you an apology. We're shooting $400,000 missiles at teenage balloons. Okay, that's what's going on. And they're only being forced into acknowledging this stuff after the political pressure forces them to. And that's the biggest issue I have in this moment. As I've said this before a lot on the show, when you elect career politicians, they do what career politicians do, which is focus on themselves. They don't care about you and me. Okay, the more upset you are, the more screwed up your life is, the more they have to run on. They're not here to deliver you results. They're here to get themselves elected. But in this instance, like if Joe Biden was smart, I'm just talking baseball with you now, he would fire Pete Buttigieg immediately because it puts some distance between himself and the transportation guy screwed up, should have done a better job. We're going to be on top of this from here on in. But Joe Biden isn't saying a word because East Palestine, Ohio is a town full of white people. Nobody's in drag. Nobody's transitioning. They don't have Ukraine pins on their front lawn means they're not voting for him in 2024 or any other Democrat for that matter. So they just don't care. They announced yesterday they weren't going to send aid to East Palestine. Think about that. We've sent over $100 billion to Ukraine. Okay, Ukraine, other side of the world. If you polled Americans, they don't care. They, they just don't care. There's nothing against Zelensky and the sweatshirts. And I get it when you walk around every day in a sweatshirt. I've had my luggage stolen by a member of the Biden administration, too. I know it's not easy to travel these days. But the point is, okay, we're not on Russia's side. We're not Putin puppets. We don't work for the Kremlin. Uh, but we do care very much about America. And in this moment, America seems to be <laughs> the only priority that's not being considered in this White House. Welcome to the Biden administration. Home to the new slogan, America Last. The show that solves problems the old-fashioned way. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform. And watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are broadcasting live in Utica, New York, the legendary studios of WIBX. 
where the locals fired up for the appearance at Batcats tonight. Batting leadoff is Roger, who is standing by in Utica. Yo, Roger. Jimmy. My man. man. come a long way since I did a favor for your mom and let you perform in my bar in Belmore, New York. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. For, I, I have two questions. First of all, I mean, okay. you, you didn't have to call. You could have just came to the studio. You're probably like three feet away. Uh, uh, but not, you, would you ran, far. stick with me, though. You ran the filling station pub in Belmore? Absolutely. I have to tell my mom. This is amazing. And you might not even know this, but, I mean, everyone on earth, uh, Ed Helms from The Office performed there on one of my shows, Nick Kroll. Everyone on earth performed in your pub, and you just didn't know it at the time because we were all open mic comics. Yes. <laughs> That's so funny, man. I didn't even Good. know it was you until my wife pointed out on Fox. I'm like, oh, he's playing in Utica. We should go see him the last time you were here. And oh, she's like, amazing. you don't even realize who that is. And I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are you doing in Utica besides the Witness Protection Program? Uh, I actually grew up here. I convinced oh, I my wife to move up here. She made me get a real job, so I'm in insurance now. And oh, we've actually moved my mom, that, my mother-in-law that works with your mom. Oh, and used to work at the Century 21 office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, no. My mom, Roger knows a lot about my mom. And, yes, prior to getting going on OnlyFans, I kid. Um, but that's amazing, Roger. This is so good for morale and just kind of all-around hilarious, man. What a nice note to add to the day. But it's tr- it is a true story. And, by the way, you should know this. I mean, you do if you grew up here. The food up here is really amazing. Like, people don't know that downstate. And I don't, like, I almost feel an obligation to you guys not to tell them. Because it's so good. <laughs> So what? And the traffic's um, what, a lot less, and the oh, home values are a lot lower. So it's I know, awesome. but I'm I'm out of sorts though because when I walked out the door today, I, I didn't see anyone with no pants on. So it's like it's weird. I don't feel you know what I mean. I'm like homesick. I'm like if they could just get some time traveler to swing a sword at me as I get into my car. Um, what show are you going to? I'll make sure I give you a shout out. We'll hang out. Uh, we're gonna be there Saturday night, and I think we're going to the early show. Oh, Raj, we're doing this. We're getting the band back together. I will. Uh, I'll call Ed Helms. He might be filming another Hangover, but I'll see if he can make it up here in time, okay? <laughs> Great call, Rod. Really, this... I love this shit of your success, and can't wait to see you. You're the man. Thank you, buddy. Rock and roll. Uh, the great Roger. I mean, that was an amazing call. And, and I will have you know, when we played Roger's Filling Station Pub, I mean, I was like a week into stand-up, and we were we were paying the comics in, like, bronze. They were like cars. They were drink tickets is what they were. But they were basically like these bronze, almost like car keys that we gave the comics, and you got two drinks. That's where this whole mess started. And look at me now, living it up in Utica. This whole talk about AIDS makes me uncomfortable. I think that, I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you that's talk, not acor- wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime so for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll. If you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say twenties, thirties, and forties. I don't necessarily. Forties. Oh, I got another. I'm not saying decade. I agree with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that. You know, politicians aren't in their prime. Need need- so those are the words of Don Lemon yesterday. Here are the words of his CNN co-hosts today. Bobby is at NBA All-Stars Weekend. It is going to be so good. We have so many good moments from that, including that full interview there. Good morning, everyone. Audie Kordesh is here at the desk with us this morning. Don has the day off. Poppy, as you can see, is in Utah for the NBA All-Star Game. <laughs> Don has the day off. <laughs> 
they're going to fire Don Lemon. If they don't fire him today, they're going to fire him, like, within a few months. You know, there's no ratings. Like, I used to watch a Don Lemon morning show. It's like having an alarm clock that punches you in the balls at 5.55 a.m. You just, it's a rough way to work. wake up. Okay, it didn't work in prime time. They demoted him to an ensemble show because they didn't want to get sued for racism by just flat out taking him off the air. They gave him a chance to get himself fired in stages, and he's done it. He's been abusive of his female co-host. You saw the viral video last week where he condescended to her and wouldn't let them go to commercial break till he could lecture her. Then yesterday, on a set where he is a man surrounded by two women, he starts telling them they're not in their prime anymore <laughs> for all intents and purposes. I mean, Don Lemon. What an idiot. Okay, and he is again. I said this yesterday. He makes statements like this because he's operating from a place of emotion. When your emotions are enraged, good or bad, they're denying you a proper, coherent thought process. They're denying you the self-awareness that would otherwise tell you that you sound like a Okay, Don Lemon should have known. Sorry. Sorry. She's not in her prime. Sorry. Sorry, I endorsed a woman 25 years older than her, but sorry, she's not in her prime. Sorry, I endorsed Kamala Harris, who's seven years older than her, but sorry, she's not in her prime, Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley's 51, Kamala's 58. Kamala's also so dumb she studied for a COVID test. Okay, Don Lemon endorsed Hillary Clinton. She's 25 years older than Nikki Haley. But sorry, Nikki Haley's past her prime. And why is he saying that? Because he's an idiot. He's emotional. When you operate from a place of emotion, it denies you self-awareness. It denies you a measured take because it's more important for you to lash out on behalf of those emotions. Well, I hate Republicans, and I think I'm better than them, so I'm just going to say something awful about this woman with no regard for the women I happen to be sitting next to. <laughs> Woo, Don Lemon. So listen to this, okay? Nikki Haley, to her credit, she's kind of taking a high road here. Like, she didn't pull a Trump move and be like, well, low ratings, Don Lemon, which I think she should have done, to be clear. I think this was her chance because she was given an opening. It's not like she's being combative. This, you know, they fired the first shot at her. I think if you want to demonstrate strength in, in truth, I think it's a little bit of a missed opportunity. When she's on her show, I'll tell her that. I think she should have, you know, counterpunched a little bit. We do want toughness. And I'm not saying that because of her gender. I'm not saying that because she's past her prime. It's because the American people are getting trampled right now. At a time when you're watching East Palestine, Ohio, get told, no, now you get nothing. No, no aid from the government. We got to send some cash over to Ukraine. Sorry, Zelensky wants a Venmo. It's Friday. Last night was Thursday, Thursday. Do you know what the bar tab is right now? I'm Come on, guys. No, sorry. No, you get nothing, East Palestine. At a time when Americans are really being ignored by Washington, okay, and people are desperate for a fighter, this is where this administration makes a stronger case for Trump than he can. The left, okay, their allies in the media, the trampling of the regular guy and gal, okay, it really is grounds for some type of political vigilante. I'm not saying violence. I'm not saying hurt anybody. But I'm saying go in there and read people their truth is what they need. But here's Nikki trying to thread the needle between, hey, I do have a lot of good currency right now me being the subject of national media attention early on in my campaign, but me still needing this spotlight to make the case for myself. She avoids the dig at Lemon. 
and talks about her, you know, credentials. Here it is, clip 46. This is something that I have faced all of my life. If it's, it was Don Lemon yesterday, it was Whoopi Goldberg the day before, there will be somebody else tomorrow. I have always made the liberals' heads explode. They can't stand the fact that a minority conservative female would not be on the Democratic side because they know I pull independents. They know I pull suburban women. They know I pull minorities over to what we are trying to do. And look, he made that comment. I wasn't sitting there saying sexist, middle-aged CNN anchors need to have mental competency tests, although he may have just proven that point. Oh, and a little, little dig at the end, though. A little dig at the end. We'll take it. Good job, Nikki Haley. Understand, though, what she's saying is true. They're very threatened by, you know, they always say, America's not ready for a powerful woman. That's what they always say in the left. No, America, the, the left is not ready for a powerful woman who's not a liberal. The left is not ready for a powerful black person who's not a liberal. Look at how they treated Tim Scott. Look at how they treated Clarence Thomas. Look at how they treated Byron Donalds. Okay, they're horrified by the idea of somebody they believe they have the monopoly on thinking for themselves. Okay, they're, hard. they're so entitled to that support, they flat out told the community it's not a choice. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Those are the words of a party that's had a 50-year monopoly on the black vote and has never had to deliver anything for them in terms of a tangible quality of life improvement. But that's the same mentality they have towards women. Okay, every woman's got to, you know, be up in favor of abortion till the first report card. Or you're not a true woman. You're being held down by the patriarchy. You're oppressed. Honey, quick, pass me the handmaid's costume. We're going to D.C. Okay, that's the mindset. That's what they're doing. So you understand when Nikki Haley is a woman who happens to be of Indian descent, who happens to have a middle name, Nikki, that is part of her Punjabi heritage. She did not Americanize or whiten her name to hide her ethnicity. That's the slander the left is going with. The slander that wants to tell you that the party of tolerance and inclusion wants you to be mad at an Indian woman because she didn't use an Indian enough name for them. But they're waging this, again, from a place of emotion. They feel threatened by a woman in her position appealing to voters, thinking for herself, changing the conversation to a substantive terrain. Instead of your identity is the enough reason for you to determine your vote. Well, I'm black, so I must vote Democrat. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's no different than saying I'm white, so I must vote Republican. No, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But you understand that's what's worked for the Democrats for the better part of the last decade is just appealing again and again and again to identity. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. But you understand Nikki Haley, okay, they're like, well, her real name is Nimrata, okay, and her middle name is Nikki. And since the age of five, her parents have called her Nikki. But what I think is so fascinating is that the Democrats are still waging this line of attack against her. They're flat out saying, well, women shouldn't change their names to hide their ethnicity. But these are the same people that are telling you men should change their names to hide their penis. I mean, really think about that. What the hell is the world coming to? No, no, you can't, you know, can't pretend you're a different ethnicity. But if you want to ignore your biology altogether, everyone around you is a monster if they don't go along with the charade. That's what we're being told by this party. No, no, don't change. You can't change your name. It's your name. What are you, crazy? 
I mean, well, your gender, your sex, your whole idea. No, you could change that. Biology be damned. It's insanity. Okay, if you're paying attention, okay, I don't say this to you as like a Republican, like a Fox News guy. Okay, I'm just a person, just a chubby dad who happens to do a lot of TV. Okay, but I care right now. It's new. This is all exciting to me. It's so fascinating. I show up to a radio studio this morning. There's like 100 people here to meet me. There was a singing gorilla. I'm not kidding. I'll post the picture. There's a singing gorilla. It's great. Guy Phil made me a snakeskin belt. I got all these wonderful turkey joints, which are the chocolate candy. I know it sounds like something else you'd get on the streets of New York. <laughs> yeah, I got a turkey joint. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like you're smoking tryptophan. That's what they'd think in New York City. But the point is, my life is amazing. My life is a drinking story. But I care. I don't detach myself from who I am and still not want to use this platform for good. I'm trying to be a force multiplier of positive energy that reminds everybody in the world that a lot of these things we're debating aren't political issues. It is not a political issue to say a five-year-old shouldn't be chopping off their junk. Okay, have you ever read the polling that 78% of teenagers experience tattoo regret? If they've gotten a tattoo, 78% of them have regretted the tattoo. You're going to tell me as a teenager, you can't pick a tattoo you're going to be happy with 78% of the time. But at the age of five, you can force yourself into a life-altering surgery that will require surgery and medication for the rest of your life, and there's no chance that you're going to come to regret that? It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. They're barbarians, what they're doing. But they're trying to pistol whip everybody into their way of thinking. You are ostracized. If you think for yourself outside the herd, if you're not part of the monolith as a woman, as a black voter, as a trans person or anything in between. And that's the scam of the whole Nikki Haley thing. You're not seeing a stampede on the left of like, women got to support women. That's what we were told after Hillary lost. Well, the problem is women don't support women. The problem is, you know, women are, they're dealing with a patriarchy. It's a misogynistic culture. And it's, that's the problem, said the Democrats who when Kamala Harris ran for president as a woman in the Democratic primaries, no Republicans voting, Kamala ran as a woman in the Democratic Party, and the people who told you women need to support other women had Kamala Harris polling behind ISIS. It was within the margin. I don't want to say behind. It was within the margin of error. It was like a point and a half. It was like she was either ISIS was up a point or ISIS was down a point, depending. Kamala is a lying sociopath. Fact-checked. You know who's not, though? The women have outnumbered. I'm on that show a lot. You see me on it next week. Basically, they're making me work off my bar tab from hanging out with Kaylee and Emily. But uh, here are the women outnumbered reacting to Don Lemon. I thought this was fascinating. Here's Kaylee, clip 47. Don, why are you Googling when is a woman in her prime? (laughs) Why are you Googling that? Secondly, women in their prime. (laughs) Margaret Thatcher became prime minister in her 50s. Nancy Pelosi, who I don't particularly like, however, it's hard to argue she was not good at her job. She was excellent at her job, keeping Dems together. She became speaker for the second time at 70. So what are you thinking, Don Lemon? Think about that. So Margaret Thatcher apparently was past her prime. Nancy Pelosi, again, another patron saint of the left. And not to mention politically, also one of the greatest stock traders the world has. Is anybody better than the Pelosi's? I mean, they're doing Madoff numbers in the Pelosi house. But here's Emily Campagno also speaking to the same thing, which it's just, I mean, it's stupid. And I want to say this really quick. Don Lemon is a stupid person. It's not because of his race. It's not because of his sexual orientation. I've met Don Lemon twice in D.C. He's an idiot. So like it is. Okay, and he was put into a position of prominence uh, that was well beyond his intellectual depth.
but in an era where a black man calling other people racist not only garnered ratings, but it garnered respect. But the problem is it was such a one-dimensional, unreasoned line of attack that you couldn't guilt people into going along with it anymore. They were just like, wait, what? The weather's racist? Hold on now. Wait, COVID is racist? They made it in a Chinese lab. Did they? I mean, I understand it's sophisticated, but did they really teach it racial? Bi- I don't know that they did. But that's what they were going with. So eventually they just exhausted the audience. But here's M's response, clip 48. This doesn't surprise me. What only surprises me is why he's continued to be given a platform. He continues to offend and appall viewers and any listener seeing it on a clip because we know there isn't that many live viewers. I don't know why he is Googling in preparation for his segment. I guess that shows the level of, of intellectual prowess that we can expect from that show. But I think it's deserving of an apology. It's deserving of at least admission of some kind. How patently inappropriate and uneducated that comment was. I mean, really, though. Well, I mean, what a loser. But let me give you a little more, because Lemon issued a second apology this morning. Let me just read this to you. We have a guest producer today, Christine, from the Guy Benson Show. He's filling in for Mikey. It's, I don't I think Mikey's out. I took a day off to stalk Matt Dahl, one of our audio guys. He's putting up a ladder outside Matt Dahl's bedroom so you can watch him sleep at night. That's really creepy stuff here. Here's the second apology. Don Lemon has apologized on CNN's morning editorial call after making offensive remarks relating to gender. So what that means really quick, I'm not condescending, but for those of you who aren't familiar with the news industry, uh, a morning editorial call is when, like, the whole team gets together either on the phone or in person and talks about last night's basketball games and what everybody ate. They give it the, you know, it's an editorial call. It's where we decide the news and issue our opinions and what we're going to cover. None of that's true. No, no, we walk in. I tell them a joke I heard in comedy or beat Lincoln in Madden and Somebody shares a macaroni and cheese recipe, and we're like, all right, we got Dr. Nicole Sapphire at one, and Jenny and Lincoln are coming on at two. I'll see you guys later. That's the editorial call. But in any event, Don Lemon, okay, calls into that call where CNN is ostensibly figuring out how they're going to blame the white man today. That's the editorial meeting. How do we blame Trump? How do we blame white people? All right, we'll see everybody back here. Go get some hair and makeup. So Lemon apparently knowing that there was an internal backlash after knowing he's catching hell all over the Internet, Lemon calls into the actual event says i'm sorry i don't mean to hurt anyone i did not mean to offend anyone what i said came out wrong and i wish i hadn't sent it i believe women of any age can do anything they set their minds to the people i am closest to in this organization are women i mean come on man (laughs) Ah! come on i'm not a racist i was just saying this the other day to my black friend you know come on it's embarrassing so my closest friends are women you just insulted all the women it's embarrassing and it's, it's frustrating, too. You know, you log on to an adult website today, they've changed all the categories. You now have to Google women past their prime. You don't get, you don't get like, the traditional, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that going on. I should probably go to break. Uh, we got more coming up. Dr. Nicole Sapphire is going to give me a wellness check. And then we go back to East Palestine, Ohio after this. Call in now. We're excited to hear from you. Who the is this? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Wild hour coming up. Dr. Nicole Sapphire is going to get us up to speed on John Fetterman, the poor guy. I'm going to talk a little more about East Palestine, Ohio. But right now, her opening act, it's right there in the contract. She doesn't go on unless we hear from Gary, who's listening on WVMT up in Vermont. Gary! Hey, Jimmy, aren't we supposed to be protected by lemon laws for uh, unrepairable defects? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I, I don't know that they apply to news broadcasters, but after this week, I think they're about to. 
<laughs> is let me ask you this. Do you think there's any world that was really funny, Gary? Do you think there's a, there's no world where he would say this about a democratic woman, obviously? Well, of course not. <laughs> that, that's what makes there's it so no silly. Like Kamala is older even Kamala, exist. Yeah. Isn't it? Well, that's not true because we can't waterboard in Guantanamo Bay anymore. So you have to interrogate these people with something. And Don Lemon in that morning show comes in handy. Like you'd be that between that and the view. We've gotten more confessions out of Al Qaeda terrorists. <laughs> like what? That's why they did away with waterboarding. It's not because it was cruel. It wasn't as effective. You throw on Joy Behar, guy, I'll tell you anything. Guy, will blow himself up. It's all good. Um, Gary, this call really made me laugh. I'm up against a hard out, but let's hang when I get back up to VMT this spring, okay? All right. See ya. There, he, my, my man. I'll see you there. No, no, I do love Vermont. Although I did get into some hot water last time I was in Burlington, a cop stopped me for driving without a Subaru. Uh, but hopefully my good name is clear and I can go back soon. Back after this, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Oh, girl, we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting, of course, from the legendary studios of WIBX up here in Utica. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We have headed across the state for some rock'em, sock'em radio here on a Friday. Dr. Nicole Sapphire is coming by. Jenny Fallon, Lincoln Fallon, also in the area as we speak they're en route to some shenanigan upstate this weekend, but I'm here in Utica doing five sold-out shows at the Fat Cats Comedy Club. But right now, I'm doing what I do best, which is sitting in a radio studio talking to you at 888-788-9910. And we are lacing them up. It's a track meet in this hour. We're going to continue to monitor the situation in East Palestine, Ohio, where Pete Buttigieg is now facing calls to resign and I don't think there's any objective observer watching the job he's doing that doesn't feel the same way. You're the transportation guy, okay? The planes can't get off the runway, and the trains can't stay on the tracks. And so far, this guy's only consideration has been to, you know, shield himself from any political criticism. I think if Pete Buttigieg were to leave uh, the Obama administration, it would be addition by subtraction. But I think right now Pete Buttigieg is fighting really hard to be the vice president on the Biden ticket if Biden runs in 2024. And, you know, if we're lucky and Biden steps aside, there's no question about it. Pete Buttigieg sees himself as the next president of the United States. Wrong. Okay, we'll talk about that with Dr. Nicole Sapphire because we're going to continue to monitor that situation as the president, as the feds have formally told East Palestine they said, hey, can we get any, uh, you know, can we get some federal aid over here? The answer would be no. No, they're not sending them money. As of now, we haven't gotten an update to that. Uh, but basically, yes, East Palestine's being told to talk to the hand while the other hand is Venmoing all of our money to Ukraine. It's really disgusting what they're doing in, in terms of, you know, treating Americans as second-class citizens, whether it comes to the border, whether it comes to this cleanup. You know, when it comes to their intelligence, you know, when you look at the midterm elections, one of the bigger surprises is that out in the state of Pennsylvania, a guy who visibly needed a doctor beat a doctor in a Senate race. Dr. Oz, who I wasn't crazy about Dr. Oz. I met him at CPAC last year. And I just, I, listen, he was a nice guy. I just found him, you know, weirdly underwhelming. And we had a million chances to have him on. And we're on the radio all over Pennsylvania. So maybe people say, hey, you could have helped Dr. Oz. You know, easy for you to say. My job isn't to help anybody. I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host. I'm just here having honest conversations about the country. I don't know any political party my loyalty. I want the country to do well. Um, but the truth is the country is doing really poorly right now, and one of the main reasons why 
is because we're putting our party over country. We are putting self-interest over, you know, our own standard of living. When it comes to Pennsylvania, this story really, like, it breaks my heart, frustrates me, gets me a little mad. John Fetterman, if you didn't catch it yesterday, has checked himself into Walter Reed Hospital because he's dealing with a severe bout of depression. Now, I don't doubt that part of that has to do with being from Pennsylvania. He's probably an Eagles fan, probably a little beat up by that holding call at the end of the Super Bowl. But obviously, it goes beyond that. We're talking about considerations of a guy who's trying to rehab from a stroke, a guy who has been elected to a six-year office that he wasn't qualified to serve six seconds of. And again, I don't begrudge him his health there, but for the grace of God, go any of us. But Fetterman's wife abused him in making him go out and campaign. Okay, he clearly wasn't in the capacity to do so. Why do we know this? Because the guy wasn't even speaking at his own rallies. Do you understand? Hey, I went to the Fetterman rally last night. Did he say anything? No, actually, no, he didn't speak. He just sat there in a hoodie and nodded. That can't be good. Every, wait, what? You imagine you bought tickets to see Madonna? She doesn't sing? You didn't, you didn't see Madonna. You didn't go to a Madonna concert. I mean, that's, that's what was going on. Okay, because the guy was clearly not in the capacity to serve. But for some Democratic voters in Pennsylvania, meaning most of them, okay, it was more important to beat Republicans, to deny Republicans that vote. And I understand some of these issues dividing us are very profound right now to people. They mean a lot. But at the same time, you know, we now find ourselves in a position where you've got a guy serving in a critical seat in the Senate who is not in the physical or mental capacity to do so. And it was obvious to everybody on the front end of this. Now, understand, that doesn't mean you're not allowed to vote Democrat, but it does mean they, you know, probably should have nominated somebody else. But Fetterman's wife abused him and putting him through the paces, and the voters were like, yeah, let's forget. We're abusing him for a summer. Let's abuse him for six years. And that's actually what they did. And the daunting prospect, the demands of this job, and the frustrations of not formally getting back his ability to speak coherently, I don't doubt or weighing on the guy. And I don't like any of Fetterman's policies. I don't, uh, believe me. I don't have any issue with him having a hard time getting the words out. But I am very much against his policies of letting the criminals out. You know, that's that's a bigger issue to me. All of the woke bail reforms that this guy was in favor of. Everything woke turns to Okay, but the point being is the Democrats could have elected somebody without abusing a human being just because they wanted the seat. But voters went along with it because, yeah, we got to beat the Republicans. I tell you this every day, man. We do it wrong in this country when we blindly vote for party. That's how George Santos got elected. You hear all these crazy stories about George Santos surviving the Titanic and killing bin Laden and breaking the three-minute mile and all these other stupid claims George Santos has made. The truth is people hear that and they go, ah, I can't believe the Republicans uh, elected this guy. Republicans have no idea. Okay, people vote their party, and there's 435 congressional seats. And in a lot of districts, they voted either Republican or Democrat for 100 years. People don't really look down ballot. Well, I like the governor voting Republican there, so I'm voting Republican everywhere. People vote straight ticket like crazy in most major elections. So when you get down to Congress, you realize there's not a lot of scrutiny going on. Some districts just vote the way they do. You know, a good example would be also in New York, where they tried to tell you it was historic. That AOC made her way to Congress. AOC won a district that had voted Democrat for 100 straight years. It's really not that significant that she carried a district that doesn't even know the name of the person running. They just know the letter next to their name. AOC is a dope. Totally. 
Okay, but she got into Congress. She's a low IQ TikToker who has a side hustle as a congresswoman. That's who AOC is. You know, sadly, Fetterman doesn't have a side hustle. The guy's banged up. And I feel for the guy. You know, and I, you know, you got to be frustrated for the voters. You know, if only there were 10,000 signs that this was coming. You know, but here it is. And here's the write-up from Christina, who's our celebrity guest producer today. Can Fetterman get better, man? I see what you did there. Senator John Fetterman, Democrat of Pennsylvania, who was hospitalized last week after feeling lightheaded, checked himself into the Walter Reed Medical Center on Wednesday night to receive treatment for clinical depression, his office said on Thursday. The decision to seek psychiatric help underscore the profound challenges, both physical and emotional, that Mr. Fetterman has been dealing with since entering the Senate last month after a life-threatening stroke last year, a transition that has been made vastly more difficult by the strains of his recovery. And let me give you his chief of staff, quote, uh, while John has experienced depression off and on throughout his life, it only became severe in recent weeks. Uh, I said that Dr. Brian P. Moynihan, the attending physician at Congress, had evaluated Mr. Fetterman on Monday and recommended he be admitted to Walter Reed for treatment for clinical depression. John agreed he's receiving treatment on a voluntary basis. Now, listen, again, hope the guy gets better. I'm not mad at him. I hate all his policies. I don't hate him. I don't even know the guy. It's probably all, but what if he's awesome at parties? What if he does, like, really good card tricks? You know what I mean? You hate every one of his politics, but you're like, nine of clubs? How the hell did you do that? Like, I'm capable of liking that person. I said, whoa, what do you mean? You know? So I don't ever, I'm not ever preaching any gospel of hate. I don't want you to hate people because they don't agree with you politically. They do that a lot on the left. You don't do that here. It's not what you're supposed to do. But we should hate what we're doing to this country. Okay, it's disgusting that this guy got elected. This guy has no business being elected. If you can't speak at your own rallies, how are you going to rally the troops on the floor in the Senate? You know those big Senate speeches? I mean, maybe that's why people elected him. They're tired of watching them. But the truth is this guy was in bad shape all summer. They did not, like, take a turn. We are not blindsided by this. You know, we always say Joe Biden's the only guy we know who quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's done. Well, at least Joe Biden was starting a sentence. I mean, poor Fetterman, the poor guy. You know, if he were any slower, he'd be president. But they really went out and abused this guy. They put him into office, and now he's in a really bad spot. And he's dealing with, you know, all kinds of depression, all kinds of, you know, debilitating mental and emotional challenges. And the people who abused him the most, which is left-wing media, are still continuing to abuse him by rationalizing what's going on with Fetterman. Let me give you this one. It's from Rolling Stone, and this is fascinating. Rolling Stone headline, Fetterman joins countless other lawmakers who have sought treatment at a hospital. That's the write-up in Rolling Stone. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are. Okay, because the comparison they're trying to draw here is, yeah, you know, we've had guys get cancer before. I mean, after all, Reagan got shot. He went to the hospital. Dude. The guy had a stroke and couldn't speak before the election. They elected him anyway. This is not sudden. This is not blindsiding. This is not arbitrary. This is abuse. It was abuse on the campaign trail, and it would continue to be abuse were he to serve the remaining six years of his term. I wish him no ill will. I do hope for his own good, though, that he resigns the position. Then the government can go appoint his wife, which is probably her ulterior motive all along, or maybe Lamb or somebody like that who, you know, is in line maybe presumably to this spot. But the point is John Fetterman is only in this position of checking himself into the Walter Reed Military Hospital for clinical or whatever advanced depression it is, with all due respect, because we got so bitterly hostile in our politics, we would literally vote for 
anyone other than the other party's nominee. Anyone. Like, Dr. I believe me, I met Dr. Oz. I wasn't like, wow, now this guy's got it down. I don't even know that Dr. Oz lived in Pennsylvania. I, I Honestly, I, some of those charges are probably true. Guy owns a lot of houses, lives all over the country. I don't know the answer to that. But the truth is, Dr. Oz, for whatever we think of the guy, is clearly functioning at a higher level than poor John Fetterman. And Dr. Oz, you could say, well, you know, he's a little bit of an opportunist there. He's, you know, been a part of both parties and looked at it both ways and stuff. Sometimes that's actually to your benefit. <laughs> you know, guy might do a couple of things you like at the same time. Now, again, I, I'd love a principled politician, but you're going to have a really hard time finding one in this town. You know, Washington is a mess. It's a bunch of sellout dirtbags that are in it for themselves. But when the voters started putting the interest of politicians ahead of the interest of voters, when they started putting the interest of political parties ahead of themselves, the country really started a rapid decline. I mean, that's where we are with Biden right now. And you look at Biden right now, there's no world where Joe Biden got one vote for Joe Biden. No one voted for Joe Biden. Plenty of people voted against Donald Trump. Plenty of people voted against Republicans, against the police, against border security, against biology. You know, against bringing back manufacturing jobs to America, all the things Trump campaigned on. Plenty of people went out and voted against that, which I know sounds psychotic to you, but they did it because their party. Oh, the party. You know, and that's what politics has become. It's pro wrestling, but the wrestlers have suits on. Okay, and the scam is all the fans beat each other up in the parking lot and the wrestlers go out to Hooters together. That's exactly what goes on in Washington. I've been there, hung out at the parties. You're online screaming and yelling at somebody who voted for Fetterman. You voted for Dr. Oz. Then you go to Washington, and they're both hanging out together. Okay, maybe not the case with Fetterman and Dr. Oz. Obviously, Fetterman's in a bad spot right now, and who knows what Dr. Oz is doing. But for all intents and purposes, the Uniparty in Washington, they're all, you know, they're all pals. They're all making lobbyist money. They're all living their best life. <laughs> it's a scam is what I'm trying to say, and I'm telling you because I care. We have to stop voting for parties. And we have to start voting for people. And if you can't do it for me, if you can't do it for the country, do it for a guy like Fetterman. The show that's not afraid to tell you the truth. Not only are you not a very nice person, you're also a slob. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are up here in the legendary studios of WIVX in Utica. But Chuck, listening on Connect FM out in Dubois, Pennsylvania. Yo, Chuck. Hey, Jimmy, listen. Fetterman has to be one of the brightest minds in the Democratic Party. You know, anybody who understands the policies and what the policies have done to our country should should be clinically depressed if you really understand what's going on. I think he gets it. <laughs> maybe maybe we were reading him wrong. He really does yeah. care this whole time. And he's just he's broken down. Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, he's sitting on stage, watch, listen to all these people uh, say his policies and what they are, and he's listening to them and thinking, oh, my God, this is depressing, right? So I give the guy some credit. It is bad. Like, listen, having spent a lot of time out in your area and, you know, in Clearfield and everything in between, um, you know, I know you guys probably voted Republican, but I don't know what the rationale was on the left. Like, were people looking at him saying, hey, he's not going to serve his term, so we're just going to get a younger Democrat anyway? Like, what was the... What was the deal? Like, did anyone tell you what the motivation was? Yeah, talking to uh, to the people around here, um, everybody thought Oz was a garbage candidate. I mean, you put up garbage, yeah. and you know, it's, you pick mm-hmm. the, you know, that's what happens. I think, I think really, that's what what sunk uh, what well, sunk the Republican vote in well, Pennsylvania. Well, it's funny. I I could see that the skepticism of Oz because I met him myself, 
And, like, my thing is on this show, obviously there's a million lawmakers. I don't have a lot of them on because if I meet them off mic, it's the worst thing that can ever happen to them. Because if I'm talking to them off the mic, you know, it's not my job to make them look good or carry them or, you know, get to know them. I just, you know, I get a feel for whether or not I think they're, like, sincere people. And, uh, sure. I, yeah, when I met Oz, I wasn't like, oh, this guy's a fighter for the American people. Nobody <laughs> like, got uh, excited. Yeah, yeah, I was like, dude, I'm not going to buy your vitamins. I'm late for a meeting. Talk soon. But uh, I get it. I, I get it. We need better candidates on the right. And, uh, again, it, it is. There's no way that Fetterman's success isn't an indictment of who we nominated just the same. So good point uh, and, a, and a good call. And the failures are headed your way. We, don't, we haven't figured this out yet, but we've been coordinating with the station. So we're going to be out there for some Scotty's Donuts. So get your game face yeah, on. Oh, man, can't wait. Saw you a couple right, we, years ago when you were here enjoyed the show. Can't oh, wait man. to come back. Oh, we're doing it, Chuck. Good call, man. I'll see you soon, brother. There he goes, the great Chuck. It's got me thinking about Scotty's Donuts. That's not good. You know the deal right now. I'm not supposed to be eating. Everybody yells at me. Hey, you got to be on TV Monday. Would you stop eating? So they keep saying to me. <laughs> I get a lot of these calls. Like, yeah, I saw you on Hannity last night. I was on with Sean Hannity last night. We're going to post a clip on the Fox Course America Facebook page. We were talking about Don Lemon. We are talking about Biden. And, yes, the state of our the, – the health of our politics as a whole. We have a lot of people representing us in Washington – that don't seem to be in the capacity to do so. Like, if you watch Joe Biden during the campaign, you didn't look at him and go, like, now this is a man of sound mind. No, you looked at him and said, wow, wow really? this is crazy. <laughs> the Democrats got behind this because they knew it was an iTunes user agreement. That's what this presidency is. It's an iTunes user agreement. They tell him to scroll to the bottom of whatever they want to do and click I agree. All right, we're going to eliminate border security. Wait, wait, just scroll to the bottom, click I agree. But I don't know. You want you put in cup, old man. Scroll to the bottom. And he's like, okay, okay, great. All right, we're going to eliminate the pipeline. Wait, what? No, scroll to the bottom. Click I agree. You know when you're downloading a new app on an iPhone, that's all you do. You scroll to the bottom. You don't read any of the text. And by the way, pipelines. Pipelines. That's the reason, just so we're clear, that the administration, that Pete Booty Judge, doesn't want to go anywhere near East Palestine, Ohio. That for real. That is the actual reason they're not doing this is because train derailments like this make a very strong case, and I mean a very strong case for more pipelines. Oh, wow! Like, that is the actual thing. I've been thinking about it for days. I'm like, how could they be, like, so derelict in their duty? I mean, this is really disgusting what they're doing. But then you realize if they start talking about train derailments and all the harm it's doing to their environment, it's really hard for them not to pivot if they truly want you to believe they care about the environment. It's really hard for them not to pivot the pipelines. When was the last time a pipeline derailed you guys? Do you remember that? No, me neither. You never had it. You never turn on the news and go, oh, a pipeline derailed, and they're having a town hall, and the company won't show up, and the fish are dying, and the chickens are dropping dead. No, because when it actually comes to the environment, if you cared, you'd want pipelines and not this. Democrats are so full of crap. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We are, of course, broadcasting. In the legendary studios of WIBX up in Utica. We got five stand-up comedy shows, five sellouts this weekend. It's hot. It's exciting. It's going to be rowdy, though. If I know anything about this crowd, every one of these get-togethers is a hazing ritual. It's not good. And I bring it up because we're having so many discussions about Fetterman and obviously the people in East Palestine as it pertains to health. Uh, this next guest has been trying to stave a health intervention for me for as long as I've known her here at Fox News. She's a superstar medical contributor, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, back on the show. Hey, girl. 
Yo, yo, what's going on, Jimmy? Happy to be on with you. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's nice to get the band back together, Doc. Um, it's been a little bit, a bit of minutes. It's, it's been a minute since we saw each other in the TV studio, but there's a lot going on, and it's, it's weird because a lot of what's going on with Fetterman is stuff you were writing about months ago. Um, you know, the signs of this coming were there, were they not? Listen, you know, first of all, you know, Senator Fetterman had a severe stroke during his campaign. I mean, this was this was news, but the campaign was very quiet about it. And, you know, while just because someone has a stroke doesn't mean that they're not able to be fit for office, having a stroke, it's not one and done. It's not, okay, the stroke's there, now we've moved on, and it's never going to happen again. And when you're talking about physical health, physical and mental health go hand in hand. So what do we know? We know that he had a stroke last year. He had some auditory and verbal processing disorders, which is why he needed the closed captioning. But again, it is not so black and white. With that comes level of confusion, level of frustration. We know that he was feeling lightheaded last week. Maybe that's a component of exhaustion. Maybe there was something more physical going on. But now he has voluntarily checked himself in for clinical depression. And clinical depression goes hand in hand with stroke survivors. This is something that should have been expected, could have been expected. I personally felt that he needed to focus more on his physical and mental health so shortly, soon after having a stroke than going all in for for the campaign. But now, you know, we're seeing the consequences of it. I think it's great that he is undergoing treatment, um, but, you know, whether or not he should have pursued his office, you know, I'm not so sure. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, Dr. Nicole Sapphire is on the line, and uh, she does not sound past her prime. But Don Lemon insists that she is. Um, what did you make of that yesterday? I mean, honestly, what a slap in the face. You, it is so infuriating to hear people say that, you know, Nikki Haley may be past her prime because she's <laughs> 51. Yet we're talking about a president who's getting ready to run again at the age of 82. And everyone's like, no, he's great. He's fit as a fiddle, ready to go. It's like, what the heck are we talking about here? <laughs> he endorsed a president who's in his late hundreds but he wants you to bail on the 51-year-old. But that's when, like, people, you know, I always remind myself of this as a, you know, as, as a person who's lucky enough to go on TV and the radio. You have to ask yourself if what's coming out of your mouth is from your heart or from your brain. Because if your emotions are your lead, you know, oftentimes they're denying you self-awareness. Like, he should have known that was a dopey comment, uh, especially when you consider, yes, that he's endorsed older people, number one. But number two, it's also just flat out not true. I mean, Margaret Thatcher became a prime minister and albeit a ruthlessly efficient prime minister in her late 50s. Well, and not to mention, when you're looking at men versus women and they're aging, you have a higher risk of dementia and cognitive decline in men than you do women. And women tend to live longer. They have a higher, longer life expectancy than men. So uh, everything that he said was absolutely incorrect. It's, but I'll say, yeah, kudos to Nikki Haley. If that's the only thing Tom Lemming can say about her, she's probably got a pretty strong campaign going for her. <laughs> she's definitely got some good press right now. Uh, it's a you know it's a good it's a good moment for her in that regard, and I do think they're very scared by the idea that it is a woman that doesn't fit their traditional mold for a woman. Um, and I do think she's right to say like the Democrats are threatened by that, and certainly her being someone of Indian descent also hurts them in the identity politics battle. But I wanted to talk about another battle that also involves identity politics. I mean, Pete Buttigieg is essentially our transportation secretary because he checked the right boxes. He didn't necessarily come to the gig with qualifications. You know, his nickname in South Bend, Indiana was Pothole Pete. He's now in charge of the roads. I feel like we were warned by the nickname. But the thing I wanted to ask you as a doctor is not what you think of my forecasting skills. 
But is this not a public health crisis just based on the amount of chemicals released into the air and what we're seeing with fish and chickens and everything else? But you're saying Mayor Pete isn't qualified to be the transportation secretary? That's news to me. I mean, he, wasn't he in charge of fixing potholes at one point in a small town? So, and and they all, weren't fixed. The <laughs> so, listen, what is going on in East Palestine, Ohio, is a chemical catastrophe. And for Pete Buttigieg to just say, hey, you know, it's bad what's going on there. But you know what? We have like a thousand train derailments every single year. It's like. <laughs> you're not you're not making the case for your job any better for you. Listen, it, it was it's devastating what happened. You had all of these toxic, volatile organic compounds that were being carried. You know, about 20 train cars had hazardous materials in them. Now these are everyday chemicals. It's not it's not like this is some rare occurrence. These are chemicals for you know anything that makes plastic and other things. And unfortunately, they're part of our everyday lives. Now, they have spilled, and while they're the immediate danger from a massive explosion because there are explosives in there, that is down, as well as that initial first exposure to high levels of these compounds, that is also decreased. The big concern I have moving forward is what about the long-term exposure to low levels of these chemicals? And not just the chemicals, but the chemical byproducts byproducts that they have now broken in, broken down into, into the soil, into the water, into the air. It is all over. And so while they continue to say, we're not seeing high-level contaminants anywhere, uh, great. Let's talk about the low-level contaminants and what does that look like for chronic exposure to these low levels? Because I can tell you that you can see effects on the neurological system, the respiratory system, and potentially cancers down the road. So I thought it was a little premature for them to give the green light for all the residents to go back. And while I'm glad to hear that the water treatment is a success and they are confident that it is safe to drink the water there, I think that there needs to be a huge overhaul to ensure that everything is thoroughly cleaned and potentially just have private water sources like bottled water, for a, a good time to come. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any chance people trust the bottled water. I think it's really hard to take the EPA at for face value. You know, Flint, Michigan, as we speak, doesn't exactly have the cleanest water. And Obama went there himself and pretended to drink it all the way back in 2016. So I think there's a healthy skepticism uh, that should be there. But something else I wanted to get to really quick. We're talking to Dr. Nicole Sapphire. She's, of course, a senior Fox News medical contributor. She's the best-selling author of Panic Attack, Playing Politics with Science and the Fight Against COVID-19. And I bring up your book because... We have this whole idea now with COVID. There's kind of been this, like, retroactive uh, acknowledgement of science where they're now prioritizing things like natural immunity for the first time. Did you get a little bit of a laugh out of that when you saw it talked about this week? Okay, so let's talk about what's happened the last month. So you had the mm -hmm. big Cochrane review come out that looked at all of the randomized control trials regarding mm -hmm. whether face masking works or doesn't work. And, I, and they essentially concluded that, by the way, face masks don't necessarily work on a population level. Mm -hmm. And yet the CDC was like, well, you know, we're still recommending masking because that's what we do, even though all the science says it doesn't really work on a population level. But then this week, an article came out in The Lancet, which was now looking at the existing data regarding natural immunity as compared to vaccine-induced immunity, and it essentially concluded that, hey, natural immunity provides about an 88% protection for about 10 months following infection for protection against severe outcome if you were to get another infection. 
What is that, you know, simplified into natural immunity and vaccine-induced immunity, probably the same thing in healthy individuals. And everything that we've been saying in the past that, oh, well, maybe there's some protection from natural immunity, but it, it's not going to be as good as the vaccine-induced immunity. That's wrong. They're about the same. So the fact that you still have vaccine mandates or people saying it doesn't matter how many shots you've gotten or it doesn't matter how many times you've been infected, you should still get another shot. That is wrong, that is anti-science, and all it has done is completely eroded trust in public health officials. Oh, it is so true, Doc. And the idea that, like, we were denied just factual discussions, like, you would have been thrown off of Twitter. Yeah, thrown off Twitter. You said this a year ago, you know, natural immunity is good. And that's the part that I think has been most damaging, is they've stifled our ability to just converse honestly and I think that is ultimately what undermines faith in these initiatives. Now, getting past the fact that they changed them 100 times, it's that we can see a thumb on the scale. And I think for a lot of people, man, you know, I don't like to say this, but I think for a lot of people, their skepticism in public health, you know, initiatives is low, is like it's frighteningly low. And, and I blame nobody but the people issuing those directives because everybody who was called a conspiracy monger turned out to be right when they said vaccinated people could get COVID, turned out to be right when they said natural immunity offers its own form of inoculation. So to me, it drives me nuts. So but rather than getting you worked up, because I didn't come up to you to get a start a militia, I was supposed to lighten the mood. We have been promising the American people a karaoke party with Fox Talent for like two years. Do you remember this campaign promise? Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> well, I see you all over the gram, flying all over the world, living your best life with your family. Uh, <laughs> at some point, you have to put the camera down and you have to get behind the microphone. Are you prepared to deliver on your campaign promise? Uh, I am so ready for our wokey or whatever we're calling it. <laughs> but I can tell you, I'm currently in San Antonio, Texas right now for a Keith Urban concert at the San Antonio Rodeo tomorrow. So oh, I will wow. be singing. I'm not sure anyone will listen to me, but I'll be singing. <laughs> and I'm ready. You just bring it. Well, if you're in the Alamo uh, and you have a spare minute, pick up Pee Wee Herman's bike for me. I understand it's in the basement. You've ever seen that movie, and uh, uh, yeah, who hasn't seen that movie more than like a hundred times? I <laughs> Well, my man Mark Holton. Mark Holton played Francis Buxton, the guy who stole his bike, and he watches Fox, so he certainly knows you. He knows me. He's a wonderful guy. I had him on the show once, and I was telling him a funny story that I told that happened with Geraldo last week. We were talking about the uh, we were talking about the Pee Wee's Big Adventure on the five one day. And uh, Kennedy had mentioned Pee-wee's bike. And I said, well, you're out of luck. It's at the Alamo in the basement. And Geraldo goes, the Alamo. There's no basement. No, no, he didn't say that, though. He goes, the Alamo. He goes, in San Antonio? And I was like, Geraldo, how many Alamos do you know? (laughs) Guy knows multiple Alamo. I mean, Geraldo, I know he's a worldly guy. But, I mean, the fact that there's other Alamos is – I wasn't ready for this is what I'm trying to say. Blew my mind up. We got, yeah, no. we got to we got to vet Geraldo's song recommendations before he gets on the mic. Is all I'm saying. But this, I'm not this sure con- he's the, the king of pop culture. I'm not. He should sit this one out. <laughs> That's funny. Well, give my best to the to the crew down in San Antonio. That sounds like a banger. Uh, I'll be slanging some jokes, but I'll be with you in spirit. Okay, pal. Sounds great. Let's get our karaoke on the calendar. I'm ready. Uh, oh, it's coming, and we'll see you on the gram until then. There she goes, the legendary Dr. Nicole Sapphire. She's of course a senior Fox News medical contributor. Uh, her book is a bestseller. It's called Panic Attack, Playing Politics with Science in the Fight Against COVID-19. And uh, when I wasn't trying to organize a karaoke party with her during the pandemic, 
I was talking to her about a lot of obvious truths that were being ignored. And it really, it really, like, people in the medical profession were really bothered by how dirty they did us when it came to public health. Like, none of these COVID initiatives should have ever been one-size-fits-all. We had so much targeted data telling us who was most adversely affected by it. We had so much of an understanding about masks, certainly when it came to the vaccine. Okay, we were ultimately told by the head of Pfizer's marketing that they weren't even testing this vaccine to see if it stopped transmission. They were testing it for everything but that. But we were told, well, you got to get it because you don't want to give it to other people. If you get it, you can't give it to other people. That was a lie. Saying masks work, that was a lie. Now, to be clear, I mean, you can't get too mad at them for being wrong about masks because there were moments there where they were right about masks. I mean, if you remember Dr. Fauci, it's hard for you to tell me Fauci was wrong about masks after listening to this because he's taken every position on them known to man. Remember this? People should not be walking around with masks. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. Masks are protective. And we, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. There has not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time has any deleterious effects. There are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course. You do not need to wear a mask indoors if, in fact, you've been vaccinated. Good that you're vaccinated, but in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. If, in fact, you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you are protected, and you do not need to wear a mask outdoors or indoors. When the children go out into the community, you want them to continue to wear masks. You know, if you look at, at, at children outside, particularly when they're with the family, uh, walking down the street, playing a game or what have you, don't have to wear a mask. <laughs> Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Totally. Every position known to man that you could have taken on masks. And they did the same thing on vaccines. They did the same thing on vaccine mandates. Do you remember that? Another question from another student. Would you support a nationwide mandate of the COVID vaccine once it comes out? No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. We don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population. It would be unenforceable and not appropriate. Clown stuff. (laughs) Seriously, clown stuff. And then people say, oh, who are all these people not trusting the COVID initiative? This is misinformation. They're going to get people killed. How dare you not follow Dr. Fauci? Who's now making $250,000 a speech. Despite the fact that he's funded gain of function, lied to us about the corridor origins, the COVID origins, fought like hell to cover up any investigation into it, and said the rest of us had blood on our hands if we weren't following his directives, no matter how often they changed. You want to wonder why people don't have faith in public health initiatives? Don't look at Twitter. Look at the people like Fauci behind the initiatives. He should be behind bars! It's the fastest part of your workday. Wow, you're pretty quick for a big guy. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. There it is. Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. It's Friday. We're up in Utica. Jenny Fallon and Lincoln Fallon are with me at the moment. We have about an hour to catch up in the next hour. We're going to have a family meeting. 
before we go our separate ways. I got five sold-out stand-up comedy shows to do. They're going to see family or friend, whatever the hell they're doing. I don't care, as long as I don't have to hang out with them. I'll do my penance in the next hour. We're being silly. Davey's giving me the head shake through the window here at IBX. But uh, it's a good Friday. It's just a lot. There's a lot of garbage going on in D.C. right now. You know, the, P, the, 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 the East Palestine thing, if you're really paying attention to it, you just want to punch somebody in the neck. Okay, officials are telling us, well, you know, we tested the water, it's clean. But all the fish are dying in the rivers. Yeah, well, the water doesn't come from the rivers. Yeah, yeah but can the one can water supply leak into the other? Yeah, ah, duh, obviously. And that's the issue. There's a, there's a lot of, like, evasive, nobody wants to give a square answer because they're concerned about the legal considerations of doing so. Again, they're worried about covering their own butts instead of solving the problem. That's why people hate politicians. They're the worst. They're not in the you and me business. They're in the them business. That's the issue. That's why when I do the show the way I do, I'm really just trying to, like, calm people down. I know you can't say calm down. No one in the history of telling people to calm down has ever done so without getting, like, hit with a chair, (laughs) stabbed with a burning candle, you know. But the point is I'm trying to be a force multiplier of calm energy so we start thinking more coherently. Instead of being a bunch of fat, spoiled children, Mom, he didn't vote the way I do. He's not my friend anymore. I want him out of here. That's not what we're doing. You're all our friends, even though some of you don't deserve to be. But we're back. Another meeting in the clubhouse after this. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we're getting ready for a big Friday. Final hour here on Fox Cross America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We are, of course, broadcasting live from the legendary studios of WIBX up in Utica, where I do know my man Wayne and my man Jackson are hanging out listening live as we speak, so shout out to them. I am, of course, prepping for five sold-out shows at the Fat Cats Comedy Club. If you didn't get tickets, you can come by and hang out at the bar and meet me afterwards. Keep some of these psychos away from me that just keep buying me whiskey. There's a lot of that. And uh, if anybody knows about me having too much whiskey, it's the two guests in studio with me right now. Uh, my son, Lincoln Fela, in the house. Jenny Fela here as well. Hello, you two. Hi. So. This is actually an intervention. <laughs> You're here to <laughs> yeah. steer Daddy we straight? We brought here, yeah. To be clear, Daddy hasn't been drinking that much. No. Since probably Lincoln's birthday, right, Link Man? Probably. W- was, were you concerned? That's your at- biggest drinking day of the year. What, is your- <laughs> <laughs> it's a sorrowful day. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, I know it's a celebration for you, but for some of us, like, oh, man. <laughs> you're actually only on the payroll till late- well, 18, right? Is that yep, what the, yep. That's what you promised me. She said, just give me 18 years of this and get him out of the house. <laughs> now, Lincoln Fela, Jenny Fela gave me a ride up to Utica. They are, of course, on their way to their own little, I don't know what you're doing with your friend. I'm not going to ask. I don't, I don't need to know. Yeah, know you don't you, need to know. Jenny's they're surprising a friend, and it's a whole to-do. But uh, Lincoln still managed to get a pair of sunglasses to walk into the studio with. Yes, he did. Why do you choose? So let me ask you this, because I think it's hilarious when you do it on stage. I think it's hilarious when we take you out to dinner and you do this, the childhood star thing. But when you're walking around Utica, are people looking at you like you've got a screw loose or no? No. Do they look at you like you must be somebody? I don't know, because we just kind of, once we got them, walked into the hotel, walked out and came here. We didn't see a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I just, people need to see this. We'll post a picture. Lincoln and Jenny are in studio. Lincoln's got sunglasses on. Uh, Jenny, Jenny, to be clear, is the hero of, of me being here because you drove most of the trip last night after Hannity. Well, yeah. Well, because you worked all day. I did. You were very tired. No, no, let's make no mistake about it. I carry the family. You do. You I mean, do. I'm the whole, no, I'm kidding. 
But uh, we did Hannity, and then we drove up to Utica. Jenny and Lincoln did the driving, uh, did the sleeping, and then I was doing morning radio today. Did you know that I had a singing telegram, a singing gorilla? Get out of here. <laughs> I had a, a singing gorilla. My man Phil made me a phenomenal snakeskin uh, belt. Mm-hmm. Okay, Joe, my man Joe gave, brought me some good gosh. They were nice. They're called turkey joints. They're candies. They're back in the hotel. Okay. Got some Hawaiian Lays. I got a lot going on. Okay, <laughs> I've got, I've got a, a, to be clear, right next to Lincoln, a phenomenal gift basket from Nothing Bunt Cakes. Oh, my goodness. Lincoln, can you open the letter? There's a, there's a card on top. If you open it, I do. I should read this on the air and give a proper shout-out. But Jenny Fail and Lincoln Fail are in the studio with me. I always say Fox Cross America is America's family meeting. And we're going to have a full one-hour meeting, and we're going to play a game of strip club or daycare at the end of the show to close this thing out. I do believe right now, Lincoln, you have the belt, don't you? Yeah, I think I'm undefeated, like 5-0. I, and oh. I oh, think he is, unfortunately. Wow. Well, here's a wonderful card, and one of you will be the recipient of this wonderful card. Uh, oh, this is rad, you guys. Uh, Jimmy, big fan, please enjoy your bunt on me. I'll be at the 9 o'clock show tonight with my wife and friends. It's my best friend's birthday today. Oh, that's so rad. Uh, love your show. Uh, P.S. Davy is the best. Uh, Davy <laughs> is the best. Wrong. Oh, I don't know. I don't. Come on, Davy's the. No, I'm a big Davy. I'm an unapologetic Davy fan. I have all the live albums, the box set. We love Davy on this show. And Davy's been running the show up here in Utica. He's done a phenomenal job. Did you guys hear any of it on the radio? Or did you get enough? We, of my... No, we did a little bit in between, like uh, breakfast and. How is Davy's production? Be honest. Great. He can't hear. Really great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, no, so, it is good. Uh, I love yeah. the way you looked away when you said great. <laughs> no, I the, looked at him. I love the way you opened the flask in your purse and chugged it <laughs> when you said Davy's doing a good job. Lincoln, how is Davy doing? Pretty good. Now, would you go to a wrestling match with Davey knowing he's a big wrestling fan, or does he strike you as the it, kind of guy? Go ahead. Give it to me. It depends on how crazy he gets. That's, da- that's the concern. Oh, does Davey strike you as the kind of guy that's going to want to wrestle other people in the crowd? I don't know. Depends on who's wrestling. But is that who you want to go with, or do you want to go with the peaceful guy? Well, but if you go with the peaceful guy, they're not going to be into it as much. They're yeah. just kind of like going to be there to be there. You want the rowdy people we yeah. sat with. Lincoln and I went to a wrestling match in Madison Square Garden, and uh, we had a great woman next to us. Like, is Hulk Hogan going to be here? Like, I don't know. I don't personally know him. She asked us like 71 times. <laughs> and then we had some other very passionate fans. And you're uh, like, all right, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Marianne, behave. Well, earlier in the show today, Roger, uh, the first stand-up shows I ever did were at a place in Belmore called the Filling Station Pub. Do you remember me telling Belmore, you? Belmore, New did? York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And every comic on earth did those, like Nick Kroll, Ed Helms, everybody. Because mm-hmm. we used to produce, like, it was like basically an open mic at the Filling Station. And my mom's friends owned the bar. Well, Roger, who owned the bar... Moved up here to Utica. Oh, get out. And called into the show. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, and then, you know, threatened my life. And was, <laughs> like, you, I said, if you ever do comedy in public again. <laughs> but no, he was a great guy, and uh, I will take a picture of him at the shows and show them to you because you dirtbags aren't coming to my shows this weekend, yeah. which is not, you know. That's just how white folks will do you. Sorry. I would have taken the day off from school if we had to drive you up last night and then. Yeah, yeah. Got to go home and break. Yeah, there's a whole to do. But Early Link- break, we'll take it. Yes, but the big let's talk news though, because I always say it's a family meeting. So my plan was in this hour, is um, to actually just do my show as if you guys are just the co-hosts. You dig? So okay. the, the things going on in the world, you're all you know allowed to weigh in on, because that's what we would do at a family meeting, right? Mm-hmm. We would say, you know, Daddy's got this idea, and what do you guys think? Terrible. Lincoln's a tough crowd. Basically, what Lincoln does really quickly is he likes, he spends most of his day hitting me. 
Mm-hmm. Right, Jenny? Yeah. Just randomly hitting me. Just, just like goes up and gives you like a gut punch. Yeah, just yeah. walks right past. Just sitting in a restaurant, he just <laughs> he'll just actually violently kick me in the shins. Or, like, well, you know he does that because of your reaction. Because yeah, yeah. you'll go, ow, and then you'll crack up laughing, uh-huh. and then he just does it again. Like there's so, no incentive for him to stop. Dude, I took him to Reno. He punched me all the way to Reno. <laughs> and I was so exhausted, like man. Listen, all you gotta do is hit him once back. But Why do you think he problem. doesn't hit me? I know, but that- <laughs> 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 one time. But no, I'm just scared of Grandpa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's he true. That's true. That's somebody in my corner. That's the problem. I'm in the same boat with him there, and your dad has weapons. <laughs> but the point is, he hits me all the way to Reno, all the way back. Sometimes I'm so tired. That's what I'm afraid of, though. Like, I don't want to knock you out. Like, what if I, you know, I'm going to get in trouble. Would you press charges? No. Hold my headset. I'm kidding. <laughs> Jenny and Lincoln are in studio. Uh, yes, Lincoln likes to hit me, and he likes to show me. He likes to take pictures of my face from strange angles. <laughs> And then while I'm eating, he'll show me pictures of how fat I am. Yes, look. he only shows you during dinner. Yes, whenever <laughs> I sit down to eat. He's like, here's a shot of your neck from underneath. I took it on a plane two months ago. While you were sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, I just like, I'm developing like an eating disorder because of this kid. It's not healthy what you're doing to me, Lincoln. I hope you're happy, Mr. Childhood Star. For a guy who walks around in sunglasses, you should have all the disorders I do, not me. Do you realize that? Yeah. But let's talk about it. So Don Lemon this week at CNN got in a lot of trouble, Link, man, and you and your mom can wait on this. Don Lemon, uh, of course, was reacting to news that Nikki Haley was running for president. Mm-hmm. Okay, as a Republican, she's 51 years old. She had said she wanted politicians age 75 and older to take a mental health test. Let's okay. start there. Lincoln, are you in favor of politicians 75 and older having their brains checked? Well, yeah, because if you're, like, all wacky and stuff, you shouldn't, like, be in charge. So you're trying to say Joe Biden is what you're trying yeah, to say? A little. Okay, a little bit of that. <laughs> so, Jenny, like, we can agree there. So yeah. You probably want a cognitive test? Yeah. Around okay. there. I mean, yeah. I don't. I, don't I know, know some 75-year-olds that probably wouldn't pass. So, like, <laughs> Dude, if I'm thinking fit- of the people I know, yeah. I'm like, mm, okay, like, just uh well, the point is, for the gig of president, for leader of the free world, I, I absolutely think you right. Can take yeah. One. So where, yeah, where was she starting this? Like, this has to be Congress. No, but I mean, for what positions? President. Just president. President. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be in charge of the, of the nuclear absolutely. Codes, yeah. And if you're fine, you've got nothing to worry about. Exactly. And if you're not fine, we have a lot to worry about. Yes. Yeah. So we should probably know is what I'm trying to say. So she was basically saying, you know, it's time for a younger generation to lead because mm-hmm. she knows the two favorites are Biden and Trump. So she's right. trying to draw a distinction without attacking P- Trump's policies, which she agrees with. Mm-hmm. She's trying to do the old, but he's old, yeah. like that whole thing. <laughs> and the same thing she's trying to do for Biden. So she started there. But when the conversation quickly turned, as Don Lemon at CNN said, she should be careful talking about people past their prime because she's 51. And 51 if you, is and if, so young. But if you Google it, Nikki Haley, according to him, is past her prime. So, Lincoln, the question is, is mommy past her prime? <laughs> Um, I don't know. Am That's I, a tough one. Am I within my rights to get you that hot stepmom you've been asking for? Look, <laughs> <laughs> I can only clean up the search history on this computer so many times. I'm kidding. Uh, but no. Listen, based yeah. on your fan base, like I, I'm, you know, you're going to go older than me, not younger. <laughs> I see all the ladies pinching your butt. They're not younger than me. Did you see them pinching? Well, you aren't in Reno, but no. Lincoln had a lot of fans in Reno. <laughs> I'll tell you, those boys were aggressive. Oh. <laughs> those, those fellas. Listen, I like a good camouflage hunting vest as much as the next guy, Link, man. But wow, do they like you? I'm kidding. Uh, but do you think uh, it was as asinine of a comment as it's being portrayed as? Or do you think it was unfair to him? What do you think, Jenny? 
Well, I mean, I think he's just going to say he's saying that because it's her and she's on the opposite side of the political aisle as him. If it was another woman who was I mean, Nancy Pelosi is clearly way older than 51. He never would have said that about her. So it's less about her age and more about the party she's. Yeah, affiliates he, with. He, he endorsed Hillary Clinton. She's 76. Yeah, like that's what I mean. I'm like, he doesn't actually think that yeah. probably based on age. It's 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 clearly yeah. just a party thing. And he endorsed Kamala, who's 58. Nikki yeah. Haley's 51. Kamala's IQ is about 51. It's close there. But yeah, yeah, the point is, it's definitely it was politics talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, she's not buying it. Link man, what do you think, though? It's not about mommy, but in general, <laughs> when... <laughs> <laughs> when is your sell-by date for a woman being president? How old can she be? Because understand, there are other considerations, okay? You, we, we happen to know younger women, younger women than Nikki Haley, who tell very long stories. Yeah. And do you think that would be a detriment to the president if, say, someone went to a massage place and then <laughs> held her husband and her son hostage with a 35-minute story about going to the massage place? Would that be a detriment to a potential female president? Oh, definitely. And... I'm not that you... I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny... You want a president who gives you the full context, mm. leaves nothing out. Okay. Because then you know the whole story. There's no no hiding. Uh-huh. Like, see, like under a Jenny Fela presidency, <laughs> there's full transparency and you know everything about everything. Whether you want That's to. That's all I'm saying. Whether you want to and or you not. you definitely don't. <laughs> Yo. I paint so, a picture. Jenny gets excited to tell you about her day, and we love her for it. It's wonderful. We're not disparaging her, but this is a real thing that happens in our family. Sometimes I'll come home from TV at night, and I'm just, I'm actually like a broken man. And what I mean by that is everything's going great. I'm very thankful. I'm filled with gratitude, like teeming with gratitude. But sometimes I come home and I don't have like actual motor function because I'm so tired and I've been there for 22 hours. And your door swings open and Jenny is doing more circles than the dog is. Like the <laughs> I'm dog's excited like, to see you. The dog's like, this lady could calm down a little bit. <laughs> and by the way, spit out my tennis ball. That's mine. Okay. So Jenny is on the other side of the door, tennis ball in her mouth, doing circles. Starts talking about her day. And I start listening about her day. Yeah, right. But she went on. <laughs> there was this story last week about her getting a massage. Because uh, she's getting treatment on her foot, to be clear. This is not a luxury massage. Her foot playing volleyball. But anyway. Jenny is telling a story about a massage, and it apparently has gone on long enough that Lincoln can see some consternation in my face. <laughs> and without me even looking at him, he just yells out the words, she did the same thing no, he to goes, me. No, he goes, it happened to me too, <laughs> <laughs> which is funnier. <laughs> I was just feeling for you because I had to hear her retell the story again. <laughs> so you weren't even doing it for me. You were breaking it up for you because you were on your second installment of the first. Oh, my God, Lincoln. So so maybe the truth is I've been disparaging Don Lemon this whole time. Christine, can you hear us up there in New York? Oh, I sure can. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a long storyteller? Oh, what do you think? Of course I am. Thank you. Have you. To, Jenny, you have to give the details. I actually want to know what happened at this foot massage. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. Well, <laughs> nothing happened. He just ripped the mic out of my hand. <laughs> no. <laughs> I want to hear it a third time. Christine, to be clear, Jenny tells a story like, well, it was 71 degrees out. I the do said it not. Was 58. Oh, I, I it, was her, it, it was the person who's given me the massage. It was their dog's fourth birthday. The Only if it's four. relevant His to His name story. is Frankie. Yes, but the dog <laughs> looked five. But he was turning four. And it's like, you know, you ever meet a dog that's like older than you think He's a Labradoodle. He's, He's a Labradoodle, which I wanted at one point. The point is, Christine, she tells, she, she doesn't tell stories. She does filibusters. 
and we love her. I'm still but, not but, seeing the problem here. I, Jenny, I feel <laughs> bad for you. I feel like these two just gang up on they, you. Oh, you oh, have no cor- idea. I am completely outnumbered in my house. It's insane. But this is what we do, Christina. We don't mind a fair and fight. And you get treated the best out of anyone in the house. No, the does she ever. <laughs> yeah. Jenny, Christine, she wrote into the studio on an elephant. Outside, she's absolute royalty in our house. I will say to you, Jimmy, that my husband would feel the opposite because we there's me, my daughter Megan. We only have one, and then my Mm. dog is a a girl too. So it's three girls just trying to, you know, it's the same thing. When he walks in, we all want his attention. We all want to tell him everything about our day, and he's just staring at us like, "Where's the vodka? (laughs) Hold on a second. Yes, like the glaze goes over the eyes. Yes. Yep. 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 Lincoln literally without looking at me yelled out, it happened to me too. (laughs) It's like, listen, Christine, she's very interesting. She has a lot of cool things go on. This wasn't one of them. It just, it was. Have you ever, have you, listen, I'll just pose this question. Have you ever heard of a massage therapist who is supposed to be working on your feet, refuse to work on feet, just saying they don't work on feet. Christine. That was the issue. Now, I was like, wait a minute. Wait, but uh-huh. I have questions. Did you, when you made this appointment, did you say this is a foot massage? Yes, I clicked the whole thing. Like they had options, they had everything. It had been um, <laughs> scheduled a month before, and at no point hmm. did they try to cancel this until the morning of. Uh-oh. And then they tried to so, so- charge me for canceling late. To go with a different therapist. Oh, no, See, no, that no, is a no. story worth telling. Well, and and I only right. told them because it was a gift card we're, from them. We're up against a hard break. But, <laughs> but what Lincoln just said to me is uh, maybe you just had some busty-ass feet. <laughs> More with the fans. They didn't see him. After this. He's the most talented man on the radio, but he needs your help. We all know somewhere underneath all of that bright color, there's a man who's not right. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Also got Jenny Fallon and Lincoln Fallon in studio against my better judgment. <laughs> nah, it's going so far. It's decent. Things going okay. Josh, yeah. I don't I don't hear any panic in Josh's voice yet. <laughs> Chris, yet. Christine did jump in to try to restore order to that last <laughs> break. That went on for a thing. Uh, but one of the stories we have to talk about, because this has been uh, major headlines all over the country, at least in conservative media anyway, is uh, we had a train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. Jenny, what's with the Ohio people in train derailments, uh, by the way? You're telling me. Jenny's parents, we haven't talked about this on the show, were on an Amtrak train that derailed. Back in June. Back in June, right? Yeah, that derailed in Missouri. Uh-huh. And now we just had this chemical train derail in East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, Lincoln, would you fire Mayor Pete Booty Judge, or would you keep him on his job? Wait, but, like, what does that have to do with Ohio? Well, he's the transportation secretary. And uh, we've had double train derailments, according to him, a thousand so far in the past year. I was going to say, I've heard more, and I wondered if it was because I was just more sensitive after my parents went through it, if I just, like, you know, it stuck with me a little bit more. But no, I I feel like the number's really gone up. Yeah, no, it's not good. But but the the excuse he came up with, Lincoln, as he said, well, people are worked up about this one. But to be clear, we've had thousands. But isn't that him saying it's worse? Yeah. Calm down. There's a lot more. Like, Lincoln, like, if, if you're in charge, if you hired this guy to be in charge of the trains and he tells you, don't be so upset that the train derailed, I've had thousands of these, do you hire him or fire him? I mean, he's talking with confidence, but it's not in the right way, so you probably fire him. Lincoln, fail him, finally. <laughs> Get him out of here. Get him out. Normally, we play that drop for you, but it goes to Pete. No, he's terrible. Uh, we're going to take, take some Ohio calls in the next break. Um, but, yes, this is like one of those insane stories where yeah. 
they don't care because this party probably didn't vote for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And no one wants to talk about train wrecks. Why? Because they're the ones who killed the pipelines. This was avoidable. Yeah. So they don't want to bring up a train wreck because you're like, by the way, you know, we had pipelines until somebody killed them mm-hmm. is the problem. We'll get into it. We'll take some calls when we come back right here on the big bad one and only Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are live in the legendary studios of WIBX up in Utica. I am joined for the full hour by Jenny Fallon and Lincoln Fallon, co-host on the show. They're working off the gas money. I drove you all the way upstate on the way to your little thing. Mm-hmm. On the way to my little, the least you guys could do is chip in. You know what I'm saying? That's right. So Jenny and the Link Man are in the house. We're going to close the show today with some hard-hitting journalism. We're going to play a game of strip club or daycare. <laughs> uh, Lincoln actually has the belt right now. It's an old yeah. favorite. When we first launched this show, and we were on like two and a half stations, like the one station didn't know we were on. <laughs> it was like during the COVID. Off. It was like during the COVID pandemic, and we used to play strip club or daycare at the end of the week to kind of like lighten the mood. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our OG fans who've been with us since day one are like, "How come you don't play strip club or daycare a lot?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Well, because I need the job." Uh, but it's Friday. We're trying to lighten up the mood, so we will close with a game of strip club or daycare. But right now, we're going back to the phones. My man Jeff is standing by in Ohio, Jenny's home state. Yo, Jeff. Hey, fellas, how are you today? Uh, Jeff, Hi. hey man, uh, what what? I understand you're a first responder. What part of Ohio are you from, man? I'm from Wapakoneta. No, is this is this Jeff Orfo? I I cannot confirm or deny that. Yes. <gasps> oh, hi. How's he, how you doing? I tell you, you're a saint because <laughs> putting up with Jimmy, you you're going to heaven because you've been in hell already. <laughs> Whoa! Shots fired, Jenny. Did you like text ringers to call in? No, and level no, out the playing but no. Field? And then we heard it was uh, Lincoln. Call your mama name fast. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, Jeff, you uh, so you being a first responder, um, what is your opinion of what's going on in East Palestine? Are they giving these people the business? Could they be doing better? Like, what do we need to know? Well, I, I, I'm thinking they're trying to give them the best information that they can. Sometimes they hold stuff back, uh, but. What, they, what the federal government needs to do, exactly what they did with Deepwater Horizon, is they need to appoint somebody like from the military or the Coast Guard to coordinate everything and uh, to, to tell Norfolk Southern to open up their checkbook and, uh, uh, and start uh, bringing out funds to help with the recovery and the cleanup. The spiller, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. law. The spiller of the hazardous material is responsible for the cleanup and recovery. Well, no one so ever told Lincoln need... fail of that in our house. No <laughs> yeah, chance. Yep, Lincoln, yep, Lincoln, yep. Lincoln. So you're telling me my son is the Norfolk Southern of children because he makes a mess and just yep, leaves it for that Jenny? That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> you'll file bankrupt, and then it'll be a, the federal government uses super funds to clean things up. <laughs> oh, wow. What a racket, man. Hey, uh, yeah. it's, it's not uh, completely public knowledge, but I'm going to be out there July 29th. I'm going to be doing a gig with the great Doug Spencer. He has set me up at the theater in St. Mary's. Mary's. Is there yeah, any, any, I, I, I did hear you say that, and I've been looking on your website uh, uh-huh. for tickets because my wife and I, um, we're definitely going to be there. I don't, I don't know if you remember, uh, uh, mm-hmm. my wife, my two youngest kid, and myself, uh, we, we we was in New York probably eight years ago, seven years ago, yep. and you did, a, you, you did a spot uh, at mm-hmm. a comedy show when we went to it. And you actually recorded one of your DVDs there. Yeah, oh, the, the State of the yeah. Union. You yes. guys are on the Amazon. Yes, yes yep. we did. And you guys are in the Amazon uh, audience. Uh, even yep. though a lot of people yep. have asked me to cover their face 
Uh, we did, in fact, show <laughs> yours. That was before that was before mask mandates. No, that was a big yeah. deal, Jeff. And this is a nice surprise for Jenny because she needed backup. And uh, just just so I you know. know don't think order's yeah. been restored. The minute you get off the phone, we're going right back Listen, in. listen. I babysat their kids. I, I have somebody on yeah. my side here. Wow. Is that yeah. true? Was Jenny, is yeah. Jenny a solid babysitter? Oh, she was. Uh, oh, especially with my three kids. Well, my two <laughs> boys. My daughter's, a, my daughter's a saint, but my she two was boys a saint. Yeah. are a handful. <laughs> they my, are. My oldest jumped out a two-story window on a dare. Yes, he did. <laughs> uh, this is what happens when you pay your babysitter in tequila, Jeff. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, these are the yeah. these are the problems. I'm, yeah, I'm uh, glad to see uh, all your family got uh, healed up. I was uh, saying prayers and I was concerned when I heard uh, with the train wreck. So yeah, I'm happy to, to hear everybody uh, 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 came out okay. Yep. Yep. They were no, they did. They did good. Uh, they even came and crashed one of my stand-up shows in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and, uh, yeah, they, I did hear that. Yeah. Yeah they, yeah, they were better better behaved than I expected them to be. Uh, well, if, all, asked, if all the Steinekeys were there, that was they 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 uh, they filled the one show uh, at just the, the family. A show so good it moves the stock market. The Dow racing up on Jimmy's remarks. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl! It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. It's Friday. I'm on the road. I'm up in Utica, WIBX Studios. Shout out to them. We're at Bill Keeler Morning Show Studio. Lincoln Fail is in the studio. Jenny Fala is in the studio. We're going to settle our family uh, beef with a game of strip club at daycare at the end of this here segment. Uh, but we have to start by congratulating the link, man. I believe you are now officially on winter break. Is that true? Yep. What do ninth grade kids do on winter break? A lot of Xbox, play baseball. What do you Hang do? Out. Just a lot of hanging? Yeah. Okay. That's better than what... You know, when I was in ninth grade, I was a mess. I consider you a much better person than I was in ninth grade. I just hope you don't, like, fall off a cliff. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh -huh. We get a lot of compliments. Like, people actually meet Lincoln and think we're better parents than we are. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> no, Jen, no, for real, I do. I say this all the time, though. Lincoln, even when you were on stage in Reno, did I not say that, Janet, your mom is the decent parent? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. I'm the better storyteller. She's the better parent of that. I'll take that. Of that, there can be no debate. Uh, but it's Friday. It's America. Lincoln just saw. I've been showing him like older comedies. And before we went to Reno, I showed him Kingpin, so we could go see the Reno open. You know where they filmed the last scene between Woody Harrelson and Big Earn McCracken. Did you like Kingpin? Yeah, it was good. And then we watched what? We watched something about Mary. Mm -hmm. Something about Mary. It's a little weird. Like if you don't remember it. Uh, I think, Jenny, you had the same reaction I did. It's funny, but a lot of it's just like physical comedy. Yes. It's just like Ben Stiller getting hit in the nuts for an hour and a half. <laughs> and he gets like clipped with a fish hook. It was so funny back when we were like high school. When we, we were screaming it. at that movie. Yeah. We yeah. it was the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, and it's not bad. No, no, no. It's still, it's a good movie. It's really well written. The Ferelli brothers are fantastic. But I, Kingpin, as comedies go, holds up really well. Mm -hmm. um, and we're about to go and watch Teen Wolf because one of our buddies is in Teen Wolf. My man Mark Holton was on the show last Friday mm -hmm. and, of course, is in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And, like, I, I, I think he believes me now because I haven't stopped talking about him. Pee-wee's Big Adventure in our orbit of family and friends is probably as big of a movie as there is. Oh, yeah. And like long before. Remember when we used to have people over to the house when we first moved into our first house? Yes. We would make people sit down and watch Pee-wee with us, like Petey and yeah, yeah. Deanna. Like, we would just sit there. Random strangers. Oh, like yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, come on. <laughs> come on in. And Jenny would, like, give them a pie, and then we'd watch Pee-wee. <laughs> and, I, I mean, everyone I know, like, when it comes to Pee-wee's Big Adventure, like, on an executive level at Fox and everything in between, there is, like, this, uh, there's a bond over it. I have a picture of Pee-wee in my office. Yep. And that, maybe that's why nobody will go to a movie with me. 
<laughs> this guy's going to pull a Paul Rubens in the middle of the theater. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Jenny and Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln, what else do the listeners need to know? You went on, you went on stage at a comedy club. Uh, it was technically the second time you did that in your life because we did one in Tyler, Texas. We did one in Reno. Have you gone full showbiz now? Do you have issues? Has as as the fame gotten to you? No. Um, <laughs> any weird goings on on Instagram that I should know about? No, actually not. Really? Yeah. Because I did hear you were friended by, like, two pages pretending to be me. Is that true? Uh, there was one, and then I clicked on the profile, and it says this profile cannot be found. Oh, so maybe. Because maybe... I reported him. Well, no, maybe... that, no, it was a different one. Oh. No, there was a, there's an Instagram page impersonating me that was actually, yes. like, literally messaging people. Oh, yeah, because but... I would get messages from people like, oh, what I a... had the nicest conversation with your husband today. And I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, he went on and on and on. I'm like, that doesn't sound One like him. One way you can tell it's not him is he doesn't text with emojis. <laughs> or, or, or proper grammar. That was my first. <laughs> the grammar's way too good to be him. And, yes, definitely not. I don't I, – I'm not – you don't a, post motivations on your story. And that's what they were doing? Mm -hmm. It's so funny. So what happened is our security team at Fox contacts Instagram, but Instagram, like Meta, Facebook, they take their time. Oh, because they don't care because you're not paying for it. That's uh -huh. what happened when my account got hacked. Yes. Um, they don't really have, like, a true customer service uh -huh. because you're not paying for it. So they're not in any rush to help you out with any so, issues like that. So that's what you're going with for all of those lewd photos you posted your that's account exactly got hacked? That's exactly my story, and I'm yeah, she's, to it. She's going with the old my account got hacked? Yep. Come on, Jenny. That's Fayla. it. Well, <laughs> Jenny's not the only scantily clad lady making headlines on the show. It's Friday. One of the games we started way back when the show was launched and were immediately advised against doing ever again. <laughs> but we continued to do it. It was a pandemic. The world was on fire. We were trying to lighten the mood. Josh, are we ready for a game of strip club or daycare? Coming on to our stage right now. Either way, you're going to pay. See, the door has a rainbow on it. It's a game Jimmy likes to call strip club or daycare. Seriously? Strip club or daycare? Okay, then. <laughs> and that I do, guy's voice is so good. I know. He's got the best voice in, in the world. And I do think he was genuinely perplexed by the idea that this was a <laughs> sure. official Fox segment. Now, celebrity producer Christine, who is guest producing the show today, courtesy of Guy Benson, uh, he's unchained her from the furnace in his basement and allowed her above ground to spend some time with the regulars. Uh, Christine, are you familiar with how this game works? I have never heard of this game, but I do want to tell you guys I love Kiwi Homer. I love that movie. Yeah, you do. Loved yeah, you it. do. It was the best. Was that like when you watched that movie in a theater? Like I was screaming and like I laughed so hard. I loved that movie. Um, but no, yeah, I've well, never heard of this game. I am intrigued. Go on. Oh, watch this. Yeah, this is, you know, it's probably a little too highbrow for the Guy Benson show. Uh, you think? say how it got started. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say, Christine? How it got yeah, started? You think? I don't, I don't think we'll be playing this on the Guy Benson home stretch anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> So here it is. Back when Lincoln was a child and all of our offers to sell him fell through on eBay, <laughs> even like the Craigslist stuff, like we yeah. had a, you know, we had that Cambodian people lined up and they wouldn't mm -hmm. take him either. They mm -hmm. saw one picture and they're like, no, it is not good. And they, they wouldn't take him. So we decided we were going to have to work and support a child. And we at one point considered sending him to a daycare before realizing the daycares in New York cost more money than we were making in our mm -hmm. jobs. At which point, Jenny spent some time at home with Lincoln, and I was out driving a cab. You know, we were just living off my baller salary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were macking it. Yeah. <laughs> if you mean by, like, mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> we were macking it. Craft. I mean, craft. Yeah, if, yeah. If, if things went well, Velveeta, yeah. we had, if you had some good LaGuardia runs. <laughs> but when we was po', 
Like, we were really poor. Uh, we were thinking about getting a daycare, and Jenny, this is all to Jenny's credit, had surmised that all of the strip clubs, Christine, also sound like daycares and vice versa. That's the whole premise of this game. So the way it's going to work, Christine, do you want to play? Do you want to compete? I do. I do. Oh, she has. You have <laughs> yep, to deal around. Yep. We have a celebrity guest. Jo- Josh can help me judge then. Uh, and the way it's going to work is I'm going to read these two contestants, in this case three contestants, the name of a business and they're going to tell me if it is a strip club or it is a daycare. Okay, that's the way it's going to work. And the winner, Christine, as you know, gets an all-expense-paid trip to Chick-fil-A on the Sunday of their choice. <laughs> on Sunday. Of course. Got it. They're not open. You get it. Oh, Here I get go. it. All right, bombs away. Uh, first contestant is Lincoln Fela. Lincoln, is the President's Club in Miami, Florida, a strip club or a daycare? The President's Club in Miami, Florida. There's no way you can name a daycare the President's Club in Miami, so I'm going to have to go strip club. Lincoln Fela. Oh. It is, in fact, a daycare. Question number two goes to Jenny Fela. Little Darlings in Seattle, Washington. Is Little Darlings, is, is it a daycare or is it a strip club full of dwarfs? <laughs> so now, is it, you know what, my question, is it Little or Lil? Oh, is it Lil? Like a hip hop club? Lil Darlings. Lil Darlings. It is Little with two T's. Darlings. Dar- spelled out? Yeah, there's no Z. Are or you saying N. Like, no, N apostrophe darlings, S. Like not darlings. No. Okay. Little, Little Darlings in Seattle. Is it a I'm gonna strip say club or a daycare? Daycare. You say it is a daycare, Jenny Fela. Oh! Here comes Christine with a chance to get into the lead. Candyland. In Memphis, Tennessee, Christine, is Candyland a strip club or a daycare? I'm going daycare. You're going daycare all the way. Oh, man. Wow. Oh. Scoring a fair. Lincoln Fela back around the horn. The Toy Box in Cleveland, Ohio. Is the Toy Box a strip club or a daycare? Daycare. Lincoln says daycare. And Lincoln Fela in the lead. Number one. Here we go, Jenny Fela. Oh, excuse me. It's Christine, right? Who's second? No, me. Oh, and sorry then, about that. Yep, yep, yep. Diamonds in Nashville, Tennessee. Is Diamonds a strip club or a daycare? I feel like I've heard that. Uh, this is a daycare. You say Diamonds is a daycare, Jenny Fela is correct. Now, Christine, to be clear, she had an advantage because she checked my Amex on that one. <laughs> <laughs> or my W. Yeah. I was, I was just there for New Year's Eve. That's, I don't know that that one should count. Christine, here we go. Chance to tie it up. All right. Uh, the Clubhouse in Dallas, Texas. Is the Clubhouse a strip club or a daycare? Strip club. Christine's a strip club, and everybody's hot this time around. Correct the move. Everybody's got one. Here we go, round two, Lincoln Fela. Oh, man, oh, boy, oh, boy. Okay, it's called the Pirate's Cove. The Pirate's Cove in Portland, <laughs> Oregon. Is it a club full of one-eyed strippers? <laughs> is it a daycare? What is the Pirate's Cove, Lincoln? Have you ever gotten a lap dance from a peg leg? You got to throw gold doubloons. <laughs> they don't take stage. dollars. Is it a strip club or a daycare, Lincoln? The Fale? Pirates Cove. Mm-hmm. Strip club. He says strip club, and the Link Man is correct. Oh. two for Link Man. Here we go. This one I love, Jenny Fela. It's called the Curiosity Corner <laughs> in Joplin, Missouri. Lincoln, what's your old line uh, about? You know, when you guys were growing up, you had Wonder Woman. Now, at my age, we have We Wonder If It's a Woman. <laughs> Could that be the Curiosity Corner? Curiosity Corner. Is it a strip club or a daycare? It's a daycare. Jenny says it's a daycare. And the curi- and you are correct, oh, Jenny. Yeah. All right, Christine, they got two. Here you go. Oh, the pressure. I know. There's a lot of pressure. The Peekaboo Club <laughs> in New York, New York. Is the Peekaboo Club a strip club or a daycare? 
I'm going to say daycare. You're going to say daycare. I don't, I mean, honestly, though, it sounds like a risque daycare. Mm-hmm. Like they play duck, duck, gray goose. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you are correct. It is, in wow. fact, a daycare. So there you go. Everybody has two. As we get into the next round, the establishment Lincoln failure is Goosebumps in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> Is Goosebumps a daycare or the type of establishment that might very well give your dad goosebumps were he to walk in tonight <laughs> I mean, for happy hour? Strip club. Lincoln says strip club, and he has three. This is the most, you know. Here we go. Jenny Fela, prime time. Prime time in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Ooh, prime prime time. time. Christine's Uber that takes her home from the bar probably passes this, so I'm glad it went to you. I'm saying strip club. Jenny says strip club. Jenny Fela. <laughs> Lincoln holding on to the lead. Christine, here we go. Jumbo's Clown Room (laughs) in Los Angeles, California. Is Jumbo's Clown Room a strip club or a daycare? Oh, I'm going strip club. She is going strip club for the win. She is correct. There it is. Here we go. Lincoln with three. Christine with three. Jenny with two. Lincoln, Baby Dolls in Hopewell, Virginia. Is Baby Dolls a strip club or a daycare? Daycare. You say daycare. Oh, Baby Dolls in. I'm reading it right now. No. Not good. Jenny Fail, a chance to tie your son. Here it is. The Pony in Memphis, (laughs) Tennessee. Not the Pink Pony. Okay. Not the Pony. Um, uh, Daycare. You say it as a daycare. Jenny Phelan has been eliminated. Christine with a chance to take the lead. Sugars in San Antonio, Texas. Is it a strip club or a daycare? Sugars. Strip club. You say it as a strip club. Lincoln Phelan with a chance to take it. The candy store in Phoenix, Arizona. A strip club or a daycare is the candy store. One or the other. Talk to me. Strip club. Lincoln says it is a strip club, and the survey says Lincoln Phelan. Taking it home on the final guess. We should be very, very disappointed that this Christina, is undefeated. I was just going to say this. Are you too proud of yourselves, no. Jenny and Jimmy? <laughs> Not at all. Considering you've worked at half of these establishments, Christine, we are proud. <laughs> it was an honor to have you producing our show, but it's thank over. Thank you, thank you. Jenny and Lincoln are moving on. I'm heading to the Fat Cats Comedy Club. Happy Friday, everybody. We'll see you back here on Monday. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.